Chapter Ten of Almond Blossom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Almond Blossom by Olive Wadsley. Chapter Ten. I put my soul into your eyes. I looked, I saw, and did not see my own soul looking back at me. Arthur Simmons. Only thoughts of you remain in my heart where they have lain perfumed thoughts of you remaining a tired sweetness in my brain others leave me all things leave me you remain few people have the gift of withdrawal when they desire to attain fewer still and it is not an admirable quality the power to stabilize the moment subtlety is required to achieve that condition and subtlety rarely yokes with selflessness nearly always a subtle love imposes sacrifice Revel played on doro's nature like wind on flame he was vastly intrigued himself but he had no least wish to transform intrigue into action for him the hazard of the game was a great charm doro hesitant nervous delightfully young was swept from one mood to another by pan's attentions his lack of them by the endlessly disturbing sense of waiting which never left her she could have told no one what she felt luckily there was no one to watch her very closely rex was ill for rather a long time g was generally with him and tony and pembroke were immersed in the season's sport which gave little opportunity for scrutiny of subtlety often pan vanished to town for weekends and then doro knew how the time dragged consciously she never said to herself at this time this is love love had held so small place in her life as a subject to be brought for examination but she waited with a sickening sense of suspense for the arrival of the car when it had gone in to meet the six o'clock train often pan did not come when he had said he would and then when she had waited in the hall and learnt of his non-arrival she would slip away upstairs to her own sitting-room and sit there in the twilight until emilia came to dress her for dinner she was not really unhappy the waiting sense was an excitement every hour held some promise whimsically watching the drive one day at post-time for pan had written occasionally from town and this was during a visit there she thought of the magic of the postman until pan's advent he had been john thomas from the forge now he was either heaven's messenger or a heartless old man who might as well never have been born pan motored down for christmas however arriving on christmas eve laden with gifts books for rex a tiny diamond wrist-watch on a green ribbon with an emerald clasp for doro appropriate gifts for all he came into the big hall exclaiming at the cold declaring he was frozen but looking fit and smart he sat down beside doro so close to her that the sleeve of his coat touched her arm glad to see me he asked in a voice only she could hear a wild shyness prevented her answering aren't you pan teased softly hard-hearted being and i have thought of meeting you only that all the way down in the car the cold didn't matter because of that thought it was like a fire and kept me warm 
he held out his hands to the real fire now and the keen flame shone through their lean fineness doro felt a frantic longing to put out her hand too and twine her fingers in those other long ones she stole a glance at pan's bent head on which the firelight glowed making his dark hair glitter a little at last she said very shyly i am so glad you came for christmas after all pan laughed he had that laugh which can hurt which is on a note of mockery of disbelief it seems always i am indeed honoured he said lightly all doro's lit happiness was extinguished by his voice it fell away to a little heap of desolate ash vain hopes burnt out she rose with a murmur of some duty as hostess her one desire was to save her pathetic little dignity then as she moved she trembled uncontrollably for pan's hand had slid down and clasped hers his fingers twined closely in her own for an instant the hall the huge leaping fire every familiar sight and sound vanished she felt physically faint with an overwhelming joy and deep in her heart she asked piteously what happened what happened rex sauntered across her hand was freed but as pan's fingers loosed her own again that wonderful dizzying sweetness swept over her and she wanted to whisper ah don't take your hand away don't go don't go rather in the dark over here aren't you rex's voice asked one moment he leant across and a light leapt to being he fetched cake for doro and waited beside her and pan had a good time in town he asked pan thanks yes are you better oh yes nearly all right i mean to hunt next week and when do you go back to school rex laughed he knew quite well that pan was aware he had had to leave eton because of his health and the question genuinely amused him because he penetrated its reason i don't i stay here he smiled his peculiarly attractive smile glancing at doro and look after doro doro protested of course laughed nervously to himself pan said that damned young cub saw how much will he suspect he met rex's clear rather aloof gaze with a hard stare he might jibe with hidden dislike at rex but he acknowledged him no mean opponent there was about rex an effect of serenity he gave the impression of one who had real sense of the dignity of life despite his youth as he leant up against one side of the high fireplace his slight tall figure outlined against the grey stone wall with its heavy design he was nearly as tall as pan and he had the same narrow virile hands and feet the same breadth of shoulder he stayed beside pan and doro smoking imperturbably until the dressing bell rang get a move on doro he said then we've a crowd dining and we must be down he slid an arm through doro's and led her away pan watched them his eyes narrowed but he had his moment later when doro came down early he had known she would be early wearing a white chiffon frock with a silver sash and her first pearls tony's gift to her they lay like clouded stars at dawn upon the faint rise of her white breast this she told pan 
touching them is an event did you know oh but yes for we live for the first string of pearls the real kind not just seed ones when we attain the real ones we're grown up no pearls no jewels ever made could make you more beautiful than you are pan said very low oh doro said almost in a whisper her colour sped and returned under his words like soft flames driven by the wind pan felt himself a little shaken again and again he had realised there was a danger doro was too vivid too sensitive he would need more control if he went far in this white yet so intriguing passion his mouth felt a little dry now he was seized suddenly by an almost uncontrollable impulse to kiss doro he mastered himself with an effort a visible one for he paled what is it doro asked her hand upon his arm at that instant tony appeared on the landing he bulked there blackly his heavy face immobile but his small deep-set eyes glowed for a moment then he came down treading very softly admiring doro's pearls pan he asked halting beside her they are lovely pan answered too quickly she becomes them tony said in his rather hoarse voice he stopped speaking a moment then added broadly wonder how many girls you've given pearls to pan eh then chuckling huskily he drew doro on with him towards the drawing-room she was nearly as tall as he and he glanced at her with needle-point scrutiny by god had pan made an impression already his dark face purpled at the thought pan with his list of amours his rotten cheap marriage dishonourable attempt at divorce he said abruptly to doro run up to g and tell her i want her will you pan had entered the room he sat down now in a big chair and drew an illustrated towards him tony waited until doro had disappeared then he crossed the room he stood beside pan looking down at him with his impassive stare finally he said i may be wrong i hope i am if i am not then by god you may go a beggar do you hear what on earth pan asked indifferently but his eyelids flickered you know all right tony said his voice short as if with suppressed savagery and i know you know one look at doro that you should not give and you go i suppose pan said with assumed indolence it would be quite useless for me to tell you that your er what shall one call them suspicions seem too important a word for an idea so foolish are entirely unfounded tony gave a short laugh he said nothing but stared at pan an ugly little smile on his lips the hot glow in his eyes i've told you he said contemptuously you can take it i mean it he swung round with amazing swiftness for so big a man hands off or no allowance he walked to the fireplace cut a cigar carefully and lit it to himself pan was saying in inarticulate fury damn you damn you damn you he laboured under no delusion with regard to rexford's outlook what he said he would do he would do doro came back 
she was singing carmen softly she danced into the room her eyes seeking pan the words si je toi a challenge a declaration to him she danced with muted castanets her slender hands making every gesture and she danced as spanish women do with the lithe sway of the body like the stem of a flower bending tony i'll be an opera singer yet she cried gaily darling i will cavini says she used her hands imitating the italian's florid manner ah but you are divine a little later yes you could startle the world think of it antonio mio rather not tony said grimly rex came in and doro showed him the pearls he glowed responsively oh i say how ripping doro he turned to his father using almost his own words she becomes them sir doesn't she g resplendent in black velvet and diamonds sat down at the piano and began to play an old-fashioned polka come on doro rex urged they danced away together rex's lips scarcely evident see me dance the polka he sang absurdly gee what hearts have unburdened themselves to you to this sprightly step doro's eyes sought pan persistently but he did not glance at her one of love's little fears entered her heart chilling its warm happiness what had happened on this day of all days all through the long dinner she tried to meet his glance he would not look at her but others did richard colfax down from his first term at magdalen pre-eminently therefore a blood a man of the world paid her extravagant compliments drank to her incessantly his ardent boyish face pale his eyes aflame doro drank with him or with christopher arundel whose dark satiric face glowed on her she had to divide her dances pan had asked for none again and again she danced past him saw him yet feigned an utter unobservance in one of the conservatories richard colfax caught her hand oh i say doro his voice was trembling you you're so so utterly lovely doro his class was compelling but doro drew back here was no swift fire leaping from hand to hand no wonderful maddening thrill which seemed to sweep one's soul towards a passionate paradise richard seemed like a toy a marionette dancing steps which were jerked from it by an unknown power and he did not matter he did not count she led him back to the ballroom by the promise of the next dance pan was near the door and now for one full instant doro's eyes and his met his glance swerved to young richard's white set face and doro saw his eyes narrow as she had noticed they did only in moments of tension an unreasoning sense of triumph filled her an insane recklessness seemed to blaze up in the over-excited mind ah don't you want to dance with me richard she asked softly allure in her every gesture every tone of her voice you know i do he said vehemently his arm went round her more closely than it need have done and deliberately her gaze still on pan she leant her head so near richard's shoulder that his lips touched her hair 
she stopped dancing when they neared pan again and walked slowly past him talking with richard but again in the conservatory all the unnatural triumph fled i'm so tired richard she said tonelessly i'll get you some champagne he answered quickly i won't be long i saw a footman a moment ago as he left the conservatory pan entered it he was smiling the little fine smile which gave his face in some strange way a sharper outline he crossed to doro his leaf tread noiseless on the marble floor and stood before her we can hear the band from here he said unemotionally will you not finish this with me i have indeed been on short commons to-night aphrodite neglects her faithful subjects i am inclined to think the old law familiarity and so forth that bitter sweethertness at his neglect which had throbbed through her all the evening held doro silent she rose and let pan dance with her the music came to them very faintly often they lost it as they danced almost noiselessly under the deeply drooping palms somewhere a fountain played and its fall and ripple were audible as they went close to it the conservatory was like a summer night after rain as humid as adorably fragrant of bruised leaves and growing flowers and rich earth it seemed to doro as though once in pan's arms all pain and misery vanished as if his touch held supreme happiness she breathed in little panting sighs her lips parted her eyes wide almost imploring and once she drew pan closer involuntarily and under that slight pressure his blood quickened fiercely he answered it by drawing her nearer and at the contact of her slender sweetness the vision of her face drained now of its rose colour but lovely with a pale loveliness which intoxicated him he bent his head and kissed those parted lips drawing between his own the fluttering breath which came and went doro he whispered she did not answer only her eyes mystic rapt fell beneath his glance those white eyelids so like white wings were as an emblem of adoring surrender he kissed them kissed the line of her burnished hair where it sprang away so vitally from her brow kissed the dark eyelashes and reached her lips again endless seemed those kisses which took and took which seemed to doro to sink into her very soul to drain her being into pans there was a sound faint yet pan heard it and in one second doro found herself released and pan was calling richard's name urbanely unconsciously she put out a hand and caught at the edge of the marble rim of the wide basin which held the fountain above her about her around her there seemed a mystery of golden tracery of waving leaves of falling water like a silver veil she heard richard's voice as if from very far away you must drink this you are faint mechanically she put her lips to the glass he held and drank the trees became vast palms again the fountain was only a silver thread which rose and fell she could hear the echo of the music i say richard's voice came to her 
you are simply dead tired doro you mustn't dance any more we'll sit it out i-i think if you don't mind i'll go to my room doro said if you don't mind richard he accompanied her to the foot of the stairs and watched her out of sight her own room was dark and cool and still she stood beside the window with closed eyes it had really happened it had been no dream of a restlessly sweet night pan and she had kissed he did love her he did all the fears and doubts were over he loved her her wonderful dream god her king oh that to-night could ever pass oh that it might have lasted for ever they two together at last and all the happy unhappy strangeness done away with for ever oh to die now utterly utterly happy with only the memory of pan's eyes gazing into hers pan's lips drinking in her soul's love her utter inexperience of love strove with the flame-like nature of her adoration her mind seemed as if it were lit by a tired blaze its thoughts caressed her steeped her being in a golden warmth she slipped suddenly on to the deep window-seat and like a child put her head down on her outstretched arms it was as if a violent storm had swept over her and still despite its passing she lay spent and exhausted by it the clear shining was yet to come she confused herself was shy with herself triumphant heavenly happy and yet afraid oh to have kept those moments to live them again to feel again in reality the wild rapture of that first kiss of her whole life to live through it again though whilst it had lasted she had wondered if she were not dying in the ecstasy of passion which had thrilled through her some tiny voice had said within her this is the end this is the end then they had kissed again and all that rapture which had seemed as if it must break her heart by its dominion had swept over her anew even now under her hand her heart beat as if it would escape its bondage the door opened very very cautiously doro leant up her hands pressed down on either side wide-eyed listening and pan's voice pan's said doro she had reached his arms before the word had wholly left his lips in the darkness pan's face went ashen he held her to him in an embrace which was madness as fiercely he put her away from him i came he said stumbling on his words such words making his lips stiff in such an hour to-to doro we we mustn't speak of this loving one another yet do you understand rexford he'd be furious promise me it shall be a secret our secret oh i promise our heavenly secret the secret of your heart and mine kiss me again only kiss me again still he drew back a confused feeling which had in it miraculously pity surging over him doro's lips brushed his such a fugitive young little kiss from one who knew no other kisses but ah who longed to learn and she laughed a tiny frightened little laugh after it her hands on his shoulders all her white sweetness offering itself to him so anxiously the world their world seemed unutterably far away 
for them there was but the hiding and receiving night as empire and for music the beating of their hearts pan rested his hand upon doro's heart is it mine it is all yours and he felt it leap and strain beneath his hand as if to reach him actually for an instant he thought of holding a dove within his hand and feeling its life throb so he put his other arm about her and with it drew her to him in an embrace which for doro robbed heaven of its hopes its glories its revelation her very life seemed to float between her lips to lose itself in pan's love she felt as if she swooned in ecstasy half magic pain half endless rapture thoughts like golden falling stars flashed through her mind a world she had never dreamt could be seemed to open before her eyes dimly dimly pan's voice reached her i love you i love you a door closed and he had left her left her with a kiss half kissed upon her parted longing lips pan she cried in a little broken whisper there was no answer only the wind blew the curtains gently inward and they rippled like a tiny wave upon the wainscoting he had gone it was over she walked to the window again and found that she was trembling so that even those few steps were quite uncertain but the window-seat received her kindly and she crouched down on it her head pillowed on her arm her face upturned to the blue-black sky with its mail of silver the night was not very cold the wind had changed since sunset and now blew softly a cloud obscured the moon and the world was hid in soft shielding darkness never before had the night seemed wonderful amazing new almost as it did now but now now suddenly it was the time of love the time when there need be no more concealing no more hesitation oh i live i live doro told herself and oh the rest of time is mine to love him pan pan End of chapter 10 Recording by Maricel Quee